What's up, everybody? Welcome to the, another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. I'm Connor Graham, joined with my fellow co-host Ryan Byrne. Today, our two guests, Ian Figueroa and What's Brandon up? Christie. Also, guys, make sure if you're not already and you enjoy what we're putting out so far, make sure to like, follow, comment, and subscribe. Yes, we're those generic YouTubers now. <laughs> but also, if YouTube is too hard for you guys to find us, or too hard to watch when you're on the go or at work or anything like that, and you want to listen to us anyways, we are also available on Instagram, Spotify, and Google Play. So you can follow us there and get up to date on all of our latest episodes or releases or anything anytime you want. So make sure to follow us any place, any time, any location or anything, and we'll keep you guys updated on everything we're doing. All right, though, jumping into this today, just this morning, actually, Pokemon... And the, you know, Nintendo and Game Freak and all of them, they had a release today where they announced Pokemon Unite, which is not your typical oh, Pokemon-based yeah. game, not even your typical Pokemon-based mobile game or anything like that. It's a MOBA. And what oh. I mean by that is it's not your typical three lanes, different roles, whatever MOBA. This is two lanes where you choose from an array of Pokemon. I think it's five people per team. And you start off as your base evolution form at level one. And instead of towers or nexus or minions or anything like that, there are five different capture points on each side of the team or each side of the map. And your Pokemon have to go into the jungle and fight wild Pokemon and beat them to level up and capture them so you can drop them off in your enemy's capture points to score points. And the main objective is the last team, after the 10 minutes or however long the match is, with the most points, wins. And Interesting. to me, that's really cool as an idea for a MOBA, and I know the community is like, hey, what the fuck? Where's our remake of Diamond and Pearl? <laughs> they all hate it. Where's Let's Go Johto? Even though we have no concrete evidence of this. <laughs> and it's like, I'm right there with you. I'm upset about that. I want a Diamond and Pearl remake really badly. And I want all those games really badly. But to me, this is cool. And this is interesting. And I like that they're stepping out of their comfort zone yet again to try to provide another type of game and everything like that. And that's really cool to me. And um, it is free to start, which means there are going to be microtransactions, you know, but that's a MOBA. Every MOBA has microtransactions, whether it's skins or characters or whatever. And it is also cross-play between the Nintendo Switch and your mobile device, like iPhones, Androids, whatever. Wow. I'm curious to see how they handle, like, microtransactions. Like, are they going to be like, hey, there's skins in this for the different evolutions. Like, or like, would... <laughs> so you can get like Gigantamax as a skin instead of the final evolution for like Charizard or Blastoise. I think that could be really interesting, but also 47 or 48 cannon Blastoise running at you on a MOBA just sounds terrifying. At least it's not like a smite perspective. Imagine seeing that just, just coming at person. you like that. Ugh. I'm yeah. especially curious because with the Nintendo only recently, and by recently, I mean like a year or two ago, whatever, getting into the whole DLC game and like everything like that and charging more than just the base game. 
it's interesting how they're going to handle microtransactions on top of that. Like, are they going to be cheap as fuck? Are they going to be too expensive? Or are they going to hit the nail on the head? And is it going to be like an actual reasonable amount? It's I think it'll do pretty well. Like going from um, Super Smash Bros. What, Ultimate, where you have like the uh, the character pack where you basically get every release. I mm-hmm. think it's pretty fairly priced. So I think they'll probably do a pretty decent job, at least with the pricing. I hope so. It's not their first time doing microtransactions. At least, like, they have a little bit experience with Pokemon Go and stuff. And mm. I, I don't see this game being as big as Pokemon Go. Just because, like, it's a real, like engaging game is the best way to put it whereas pokemon go you can play passive (laughs) yeah that's kind (laughs) of i could see them running like hey i want to (laughs) see is there going to be a battle pass is there a pokey pass pokey pass has to be the name right it's gotta something like that at least but it's going to be fun to see it. Uh, I feel like Switch players are going to just stomp anyone on mobile. I mean, that's the case with any cross-play yeah. game, is that mobile players suck. Like, I'm sorry if you're the king of mobile Fortnite or whatever. Or mobile Dead by Daylight. Mobile Dead by Daylight <laughs> or anything. But it's just, you're on a different level when you face someone who's on a console or on like a, a PC or something like that. You're... It, it's an entirely different ball game for those people because they have more control. And it's not, haha, iPhone go burr. It's, <laughs> I have a controller. I can do this. I have a keyboard. I have all these buttons. I don't have one little joystick on my phone that, oh shit, I got Cheeto dust on my finger so I can't move <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm optimistic for it. I just I don't honestly, know. I hope it's going to be good. I really do. Yeah. As, as someone who's, fallen down the rabbit hole of pokemon once again with sword and shield and everything like that i'm honestly hoping that it's really good and i think what interests me the most about it is the the way it plays seems very different from any other moba that i've seen so far because there's no towers or minions or anything like that it's you fight these monsters in a jungle camps all around and you beat them and capture them and then take them to the enemy's points to capture them and when you capture enough, that point kind of closes down and you move on to the next one until you're basically at the nexus. But it's not a nexus, it's just another point. Right. So is, th- is there, obviously there's going to be like team fights and stuff like that, we would assume, right? Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Each Pokemon, which is, you know, what they are, they're Pokemon. Each Pokemon gets different moves as you level up in the game. And oh, yeah. you can choose which moves your Pokemon will learn and which ones they won't. So oh, okay. you can have two people playing Snorlax, but one will be a huge tanky kind of Snorlax. The other one will be like a here, I'm going to melee ability everyone kind of thing. Yeah. It's like you can choose different abilities to build the characters different, which is honestly really cool. I, I think, think it's that, more versatility. I think that's going to be a cool way to solve the idea of builds in regular MOBAs where you're buying items and it supplements that and will give people the option to personalize how they're playing. Of course there's going to be like, oh, this is the best setup for like Snorlax to go up against like Blastoise or whatever. Uh but 
it's going to be really cool seeing how each time you're playing that character, you could play and be tweaking it a little bit till you get something that's just right, like how you want to play. You think type advantages are still going to be a thing? So no. they they talked about it. They said there's no type advantages, and I get it. It's still weird. That that would have added, in my opinion, like just another level of complexity onto that to set it apart. Because instead of being like, oh hey, yeah, say it's just like a fire type and a water type, uh, uh, against each other, and it's just depending on who builds what. Instead, it's like, oh god, fire, water, water beats fire, and I don't know. That's just how it would play in my mind, and it seems to be a bit more interesting. They did yeah, do. I feel one. like at some point it could. Sorry, I feel like at You're some good. point it could almost get too complex. They Just because it's a, a MOBA, match. so you would have five different people. My bad, go right. <laughs> they did a live match during, or not live, but like they recorded a match of them playing one like full through. Uh, Ishihara actually chose the best starter from that like generation, so he was playing Blastoise, and ended up just. It was interesting seeing how like there were intense moments during like team fights and stuff with them not having type advantages but still seeing like there's a jungle in this game which is crazy to think on a phone you could be like trying to jungle and your internet cuts out because you're connected to arby's wi-fi and you're just like <laughs> dropping while they're bringing out your sandwich like man oh, I my, my texas barbecue's out and i lost my wi-fi no <laughs> man i should have just uh gone to mcdonald's and gotten a quarter pounder <laughs> at least my wi-fi wouldn't cut out for my pokemon mmo mobile <laughs> bullshit i'm excited to see more of it uh they didn't give a date on it yet have they not that i'm aware of which All i feel they said like it was in development in development something like that um but it's really funny to see that the community has had such a negative reaction to it oh, yeah. it was announced this morning like the the, the the nintendo the pokemon direct came out this morning and i'm pretty sure every video that's covered it so far like ign or whatever other people that have covered it i think the pokemon channel itself it's really funny because they all have like 98k dislikes or like all this ridiculous number of dislikes. Like I'm pretty sure the the positivity statistics first like positive versus negative, they're all like 25% or lower positivity. Oh, uh, that means we're going to get negative reviews. No. <laughs> Why do you think that is like what makes it just seem so bad? I feel like Probably. Personally, it's because there's there's stigma against the the MOBA, yeah. like MOBA genre yeah. period. Yeah, that's true. Like people are like, oh, it's oversaturated. Oh, it's too popular. I don't like it. My my small brain can't comprehend all the items I need to build, or my brain is too large and I have no desire to comprehend these items. <laughs> it's either that or what you had talked a little bit about earlier. Those like anticipated, like we don't even though we don't have evidence of this yet. I mean, all I'm saying is they remade the the Hoenn games. They remade Ruby and Sapphire. Like they gotta remake the Diamond and Pearl games. I want it so bad. They would be pretty cool. Not gonna lie. 
it'd be fantastic, especially with Crown Tundra being pretty Sinnoh-heavy, I'm pretty sure. Or at least somehow leading into Sinnoh relation and things like that. I feel like it would be really cool of them to remake the Sinnoh games at some point. I'm just waiting on the Unova remakes. Oh, you're going to be waiting for a while for those. What game are those again? Black Gen and white. Five. Gen 5. The music <laughs> that slapped for generations. Hell yeah. Uh, do you guys of... know how well um Pokin did? Pokin? Um the I initial, honestly it. Initial impressions on it, I know, was that it was a good fighter, but the roster was just super limited for that yeah. style of game. And then mm-hmm. it actually ended up getting popular later on because people found a backdoor with it on Switch that let you add homebrew onto the Switch. So oh. it's, like, insanely hard to find still, I think. And, like, people have been picking up copies of it and stuff. And, like, this happens with a lot of games on Nintendo platforms. They find one that has, like, a leak that they can then tap into to inject their own, like, software into. Right. Uh, I remember on cap. DS they used SpongeBob for it at one point. Which was hilarious. But since they added more characters in and stuff, I want to say it's still... It's got a very enthusiastic community to it, but they are kind of just, like, sitting there, and once they have the meta built up in that game, they can't build on it much more because of it's not had much support in the long run. Oh, okay. This, I was I was just wondering because that might kind of be like foreshadowing for them going, you know, off meta again with their MOBA game. Speaking of foreshadowing, though, the death of Mixer. Oh. We all saw this coming. <laughs> oh, so the whole Mixer situation is really interesting to me. Because of the contracts that Ninja and Shroud signed with them. Oh. So easy. So easy. So the contracts that they had actually ended up having interesting situations with... So Mixer announced just a few days ago that they were going to shut down. And from my understanding, they were going to pivot their contracts to Facebook Gaming and sell them off. Oh, the problem with Facebook is... You can't get out of that contract without having to pay out on it or offer a different platform that, like, they have to re-agree to the contract. But because of how it's set up, the estimated numbers were Shroud was getting $10 million from his contract and it was, like, two or three years long and stuff. And Ninja was getting approximately $30 million from his contract. And because of how that works, when they offered the contract to go to Facebook Gaming, they had to offer double the amount that the initial contract had. And both of them turned it down. And because of that, they have... Mixer can't fulfill their end of the contract and has to pay out $30 to Ninja, like, overnight. And Shroud gets wow. ten million overnight as well. Okay. Mixer has had a rough time. It, though, 
If you think about it, though, Mixer giving it as long as they did, which honestly wasn't that long of a time to build up a platform from scratch, especially when you have a Titan like Twitch or YouTube already getting into that and everything like that. For Mixer to take that small of a time and like a small in like the general sense, not the actual thing, but small amount of time and just basically throw in the towel and be like, nah, we don't want to do this anymore. Let's just sell it to Facebook. It seems like they're honestly just quitting. Oh, it yeah. seems like they're just giving up, like without even giving it a fighting chance. And I, I'm sorry, but I feel no pity that they have to pay out those contracts because they made them with the intentions of keeping them, and they're just giving up. They're not even going to try to keep them. Yeah, it was yet. like what less like, than a year. Yeah, I think it, it might have been they, like a year, a little bit, but I don't know. It the feels a they, lot shorter. The problem they like most likely had is just that they weren't growing numbers fast enough, and they're like, we don't see this, you know, getting big. Mm. But it was literally like almost a year, it or however like long. Blindsided. Like no one expected them to just announce that they were shutting down and stuff. It was really funny. Right after the announcement, the number one page on Mixer that was their front page was someone setting up a Twitch profile. So you go to Mixer and you just see some dude scrolling, putting in his bio, like adding everything. He's live streaming how oh. to get off Mixer. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey guys, welcome to my uh, Mixer Twitch stream. Uh, this is how this is how you make a Twitch pro- uh, profile and how to gain so many followers. If you think about it, though, the people who started on mixer though the people who are never on twitch never on youtube whatever the people who started from mixer and built up from mixer though they're getting fucked over here they're losing they're losing their livelihood they're losing their jobs over this like for them to have to start all over again on twitch or start all over again on youtube and everything like that and have to hit those goals again or rebuild their community and everything and i'm sure you know, most people, their their communities will just jump over and join them wherever if they love them that much. But there's going to be a huge hit to their you know fan bases and everything like that. So those people who started on Mixer, they're getting fucked because they're not getting paid to leave, you know, like Shroud yeah. or Ninja. They're right. getting like, told to go like they're getting told to just fuck off pretty much. If all they have are if all they have is like an affiliation or whatever, they don't have um any any support throughout have- any of this. I haven't thought about that. So whatever they end up doing, they're going to have to reapply for affiliate or partner if they move to Twitch or wherever. Oh, and, and if they move to Twitch, they got to start from square one. So they got to yeah. get all the requirements. Yeah, that's it's going to be a while for them to see anything like revenue generated through it. And that's going to be rough on it. Like, I feel like they had a good shot at Mixer and to end it right now is tough because especially during a pandemic where there's still people quarantined and stuff, a lot of those people were streaming consistently on Mixer because of that. And you have to wait X amount of days. I forget what it was that you have to stream in X amount of hours to hit those milestones on Twitch. It was a week and like at least eight hours a day i think you have to stream for like a week straight 12 different days a week yeah like that and you have have to to be on the platform for over a month and you have to get a consistent amount of viewers 
Yeah. Which for affiliate, I'm pretty sure it's like three viewers, so it's not that bad. Partner is like 70 something or 80 something consistent, you know, average viewers per stream. Which is, you know, for a little guy like me and stuff like that, that's hard to do. I barely break four or five viewers. It's they're not the only ones that are like deciding jump ship on their own like platforms right now, it seems. Being oh, that Oh. EA has just started to come back to Steam, which EA Origin. It really is surprising because I feel like Origin started to gain more people on there, especially with Apex Legends coming out, and oh. there was that consistency That's of right. people logging on there and spending money on transactions. They're moving Apex back to Steam now at this point in. I'm curious to hear them come out and put out statements on why they chose to go back to Steam, but I'm not sure if we'll ever get them. Honestly, though, the way I view it is people never went on Origin for Origin. They went on Origin for the game. They went on Origin for Apex and for Titanfall and for whatever other games they had on Origin. They weren't, you know... Dragon Age. Dragon Age, Sims, whatever. They weren't there for Origin. because. I mean, no hate to EA or anything like that, but <laughs> Origin sucks. I remember trying to figure out Origin with you guys, trying to play Apex, trying to do anything yeah. on Origin, and it's, here, let's spend 30 minutes trying to figure out how to open the fucking UI so I can send an invite to my friends. Oh, what do you mean the servers are down? Oh, what do you mean I can't connect? Oh, what do you mean this isn't working? The buttons aren't working. Wait, I'm soft-locked into the screen and I can't get out of the Origin screen? What do you mean? Yeah. It it was clunky. It wasn't really, you know, user-friendly. And honestly, it just kind of tanked. And I'm not surprised that Origin is shutting down. I'm honestly surprised it went as long as it did. Same. Um, but hey, now it's on Steam. I'm interested in seeing if other developers and publishers follow suit like if you play is going to stick around and stuff or if they're going to try and pivot back towards steam as well and like just drop you play and have those integrations go away uh i feel like you play at least at least for now is probably going to stick around just because with well the consistency of like the assassin's creed series and the numbers that generates and with the announcement of valhalla yeah. Uh, but uh, I can definitely see that it might be uh, going off, but then again, there's also stuff like the uh, Siege that's on Uplay, right. and that gets a ridiculous amount of numbers. Uh, either people just watching, playing, or both. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would I think... say also, though, that most people who play Siege are probably launching it through Steam. Yeah, but it does have that. There's it it, it, it yeah. still requires Steam. it. But you need you you play to play it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you play is kind of the middleman in that. I mean, uh, you play did a pretty good job trying to get away from Steam with a lot of their games, at least. They the maybe not, maybe not Siege, but the storefronts are going to be tough. It's interesting seeing how all of this is rolling out now especially because it feels like we're going and get to a point where steam has always been the king in like you go there you buy games and you can play them straight through that 
but with Epic having grown their, like, store and everything so quickly, I saw some talk about how when they gave away GTA V on Epic, they came very close to Steam's player counts and numbers that I was surprised to hear about, because I know a lot of people hated Epic Games and, like, their yeah. whole launcher and stuff, but... I mean, how we still know people who hate Epic Games and refuse yeah. to download it. I mean, it was Xbox really bad when only Fortnite was on it, and, like, Unreal and some other tournament game. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it shapes out. Uh, Epic does run really good sales and stuff, it seems, with their oh, yeah. coupon system. Yeah. And those free games, like, every so often, the rotating series, that's definitely a big draw for, like, people coming to the platform and such. Right. Bro, Hades for 10 bucks, GTA <laughs> 5 for free, like, the whole Batman Lego games and Arkham games for free. Yeah. There's literally no reason not to download Epic and just hang out. Because even if the game that you even if the game that they're giving out for free is not something you'd be interested in, it's still a free game you could pick up and who knows, maybe ten years down the line you'd be like, shit, dude, I'll try this. I'm really bored, and you find a game you love. It takes less than a minute. It's a free game. Even if you can't run it now, you might be able to in the future. So why yeah. not pick it up? There's there's never a reason to turn down free things. And that that definitely correlates back to the argument we had way in one of the earlier episodes of the podcast where people these days are way too choosy and picky of like free <laughs> games and things because they're so open and available to people now. Like, oh, yeah. There's people who are literally just turning down free games just because, oh, that's not something that I'd be interested in. That's not something that I, you know, I could see myself playing. Oh, my computer can't run it. It's like, well, Karen... Maybe in three years, you'll actually get a running laptop and you'll be able to play games. Maybe your computer won't shut down if you have 10 Chrome tabs open. I... Throw back to episode all one. The, all the plebs playing with Chrome open. Opera GX is where it's at now. Gamers, rise up. Opera GX. We have cool text sounds when you type. <laughs> I still have to download Opera. Same. I haven't used it. I'll help you. I'm I converted a, Ryan, I'll convert I'm a conver the rest of you. Yeet. I thought it was just garbage, and then I actually gave it a shot, and I'm like, nope, not going back. Ha, what you guys don't realize is, this podcast is actually just a sponsorship from Opera. Just kidding, <laughs> we're not that cool. Opera, please. 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 I love you. Opera. Hit us up. Opera. 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 So, uh... Call, call Ryan, not me. He's more responsible. Another big announcement, which, Ian, you had told me about when we were playing the other night. Yeah. Uh, which I thought he was bullshitting about. I, dude, I thought yeah. he was just making it up. You did? Uh, I saw it this morning, and I still thought it was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. April um, was two months ago. I heard about it, like, uh, four so, or five days ago, I think. So, why don't you go and give an idea of what it is? Yeah, it's it's a collaboration between Avatar The Last Airbender and the game we started picking up most recently, which is Smite. Battleground of the Gods. Hell wow. yeah. Yeah. Finally I got a diamond. I the whole got... name of it. Yeah. Oh, you did? I got Good Diamond Herc today. We played a <laughs> few matches. 
They were terrible. Right. Yep, rough playing during the summer. Ugh, but it's okay. Fucking you got brain dead. <laughs> but um, so go into yeah. Some no, detail. you could you could talk about it. Yeah. So basically, what it is is there's a collaboration between Avatar: The Last Airbender and Smite, made by High Res Studios. Where basically, bro, what they're doing here is Ang, the Avatar, Zuko, the cool dude, and Korra from the show that I never watched because I'm uncultured, but it's really cool. Apparently, oh, are all no, being added to the game. You're wrong, Brandon. Uh, they're all being I, added I to the cool. game as skins. Uh, four characters where Aang is a Merlin skin, uh, Zuko is Susanoo, and then uh, Korra is Scotty, which are all characters. They're all different gods. Uh, if you've never played the game, just do a quick Google search, or Ryan will throw up a picture or something. Uh, um, we'll link it the lore down and below. Now we yeah, we'll link the lore. Yeah, down, <laughs> yeah, subscribe to our new lore channel. We talk about oh. our lore of the gods. Um, oh but, God. <laughs> basically yeah, they're being released in a uh a battle pass kind yeah, of thing where smite has battle passes just like every other game nowadays um and i believe what i've gathered from it is that there's two different versions of each character skin there is a regular ang and then avatar mode same with Korra. there's a regular and then avatar mode and then there's zuko and then blue spirit zuko where he's got like the cool mask and the twin swords or whatever and those are the prestige tracks, which I'm assuming is the paid-for version of the Battle Pass. Most likely, yeah. So what I've gathered is they're available in the past, and there's free versions of the skins and then the paid versions. Now, I could be completely wrong. Prestige could be something entirely different, but that's what I've gathered, and that's what I'm guessing. Um, which, if that's the case, that's super cool, because that means that everyone who plays like it during this event long enough will be rewarded for it and will get a cool crossover skin. And that's cool to me if they do it like that. Yeah, considering yeah. I've been getting more into Merlin as of late, that Ang skin is so tickling fancy. Not what I anyway. Yeah, when I when I first heard the news about this, I was I was thinking that they were adding a new Pantheon and it was gonna be Avatar. <laughs> I don't know why they would do that. That would have been so be good too. <laughs> But it would be really freaking awesome for, you know, anyone part of the uh, fan club, I guess. I'm excited, and this came out of nowhere. I think their timing is great, though, with Avatar having gone on Netflix recently. Yeah. And I just, I like the idea of crossovers in games that aren't just, like... As much as Smash is amazing about, like, hey, we got this character from another game in here, and, like, we're going to add them in, in like, full moveset and stuff, it's cool seeing them be like, yeah, we're pulling characters from, like, shows and stuff that we are into, and, like, giving them a more fleshed-out feeling. Didn't Ruby do a crossover with Smite at one point? Yeah, yeah Smite, Smite yep. the first crossover, they had the first major crossover was uh with ruby the show from rooster teeth and all them uh and they had the four main characters as skins for different characters which was cool as fuck and is still cool as fuck uh, i just wish they weren't so expensive Screw um, Thanos. but <laughs> yeah yeah the fact that they've done that kind of crossover now this avatar crossover it really opens up 
opportunities for hey what else could they possibly cross over with with daredevil mercury skin daredevil that's just something that popped into my head when i saw this i'm like oh yeah i can't see (laughs) i like daredevil i like mercury like that's just my whole thing it's just blind Mm -hmm. man go punch give me daredevil as a skin in mortal kombat for who was it rain Rain, the blind it, like just seeing it more crossovers like this i think would be really cool and i wanted to ask you guys if you had like something that you really would like to see crossover with gaming like if there's any one like show or like property that you think would be really cool to see show up in games just any two random game crossovers oh, or anything game or show anything like that oh god Oh God! Um, <laughs> Wait, I want. Uh, I'm gonna sound like a total dweeb here. I want My Hero Academia and Smite. Oh, <laughs> it would Deku. be so good. Shoto Todoroki as Agni. Oh, that would be so. Yes, cool. it's two is the ice wave from the tournament arc. Yeah, and the here the oh. ultimate is just the fireballs. Yes, all oh, night, Robin. Cool. Oh, oh. too bad Robin sucks. He's throwing haymakers. <laughs> but just that that would be for me, because I'm a total I'm a total dweeb and I love both of those things. So I'd love to see them combined together. Samurai Shampoo cross with Ghost of Tsushima. Oh just, hell yeah. Oh I, hell yeah. I watched the entire show recently and I'm just like, please, Dude, I need more. Imagine uh like it actually impacts gameplay with the steel-toed, uh, like, kabuki sandals. Oh, that would be sick. Be it's okay, Ian. I also have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. This one's just weird for me, but, like, uh, considering MOBAs and everything, I think it'd be cool to see, like, uh, I don't know what to put it in exactly, but uh, there's this old show called The Sacred Blacksmith, or uh, that I would like to see like crossover with something because that I thought that show was really cool. Crossover with RuneScape. Exactly. All right, maybe. Oh, uh, actually, one thing I would like to see would be uh, I forget the names of the different monsters, but one of the monsters from Amnesia: The Dark Descent put oh. into Dead by Daylight. That would be good. Like that would the be aesthetics awesome. fit perfectly already because it's like just grotesque, butchered up. Oh carcass man, coming the at you. The is just like, uh, yeah. give me that. I will also For say, real. uh, Blade Runner with Cyberpunk would be an amazing oh. thing to see. That would, that would just fit perfectly. Yeah, if they don't have like references right. to Blade Runner, either the original or twenty forty nine like in cyberpunk already like i'm going to be upset speaking of upset ryan you're pissed off at all of us for never playing a skate game what's your skate is amazing they announced skate 4 at ea's press conference i'm so excited i want more skate and just just (laughs) goes in so skate was a really cool game in like skateboarding general in general because the way they handled controls were instead of like just hitting the face buttons to do tricks you actually had to like flick the analog sticks 
in different ways to like pop the tail and change your like foot placement and stuff on it and to hear that they're making another one so on every post that ea used to make on instagram everyone would just say skate four over and over and you can go and look at instagram at their old posts and just that over and over again i'm gonna do it and it's it feels like we're getting a resurgence of skating games in general with tony hawk getting a remaster uh session was a like in development skating game that had a different style of controls with you changing your foot placement with the triggers and bumpers to actually like change where you would like move each part of it and i just i love those games and i'm so excited to hear that there's a new one and they had amazing modes in it and i'm just you guys gotta try skate it's so good so can we call you a skater boy uh she see said, you later see you later boy <laughs> thank you and that One... was how the story goes but skating games i've always held a soft spot for and i will always be interested in checking them out and i just wanted to hear if you guys were interested in similar stuff where like if you had a game that was a sports game growing up and like i never played much sports growing up but i was super into a few and i just wanted to hear like what your experiences were in that regard yeah for me uh when i was young i didn't have a lot of consoles or a lot of you know anything really i think i had like a ps2 with like two games on it and i the two games were the ps2 spider-man game which I never, yeah. I literally, I would just play the tutorial and then quit and then go back and just play the tutorial again. Like, cause I was really young and dumb and I was like, oh, this game, there's no real game. It's just this, this is fun. So I'd dick around in the tutorial. <laughs> and then I think I had a NASCAR game. So <laughs> I raced the fuck out of a NASCAR game, which was really funny cause I knew nothing about NASCAR and I was haha cargo burr. Cargo left and go over left. And another and, left. And all these, you know, NASCAR, you're not supposed to smash people. You're not supposed to destroy cars. That's <laughs> fucked up. There's people in there. Little me, I rammed them. I was trying to kill everybody. This was a death race for me. Uh, You should have played Twisted Metal then. I, yeah, I should have. <laughs> that was a fun one. I remember watching my brothers play that game. Ugh. Uh, One game, oh, I actually have played, I think it was a skate game or uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skate. One of those games, I played it at my cousin's house like once or twice. It was interesting. But um, one sport game that I liked more, I had the Wii Fit balance board or whatever it's called. Yeah. And I would play Wii Ski. All right. Every was all right. I remember going over to your house and being like, yo, man, let's go down this bunny hill and then immediately go to the top of the mountain and be like, yo. Ugh. You can um, do anything in that game. I yeah. mean, ski related, <laughs> of course. But <laughs> for me, so much fun. Uh, it's weird because like I actually like played sports growing up. I did football. Uh, I did uh, a bunch of martial arts, which kind of pushed me towards fighting games. Uh, but 
uh, the oh, biggest thing. Uh, yo, look, man, it's great <laughs> having this uh, like taekwondo background uh, going into a uh, game. I'm like, oh, kicks. Uh, that's, but the like closest I have is is that like Tony Hawk Pro Skate. Uh, I remember having on the PS2. Uh, like Connor, I only had like two games. I had Kingdom Hearts and, and Tony Hawk Pro Skate. Yeah. Two yeah. different worlds there. The duality of, <laughs> the duality of gamers. <laughs> but that was my experience. The only like uh, sports game I had was the Tony Hawk Pro Skate. So I... I'm just happy to see it and I might pick up Skate. I am glad to see a lot of these games getting remade and stuff. I still really just think, like, one of the earliest memories I have playing games and stuff was Super Mario Strikers. And just oh like, my gosh. I, Strikers was so Why didn't good. I mention that one? <laughs> All the oh. Mario sports games are just I, oh, amazing. Yeah, the Mar- Ian going head to head in uh in like Mart oh the gosh. baseball was that Strikers the baseball one Base- or was that... baseball was not Strikers yeah Strikers was the soccer yeah. one but I yeah. remember you and me oh my like gosh. Uh, against yeah. your brothers or against each other yeah. in the baseball game we got heated dude I forgot about those games actually that's so funny oh we should play them yeah. again we baseball we strike or uh Mario bowling strikers everyone was oh pulling up to do some Wii bowling and Wii tennis when yeah. Wii, like sports Connor said, was, Wii, Wii sports was Wii, it too Wii sports Wait. boxing goes hard hold on did yeah. you ever play Wii sports resort where they had the kendo i didn't oh, uh, oh no. i had that i swear to god yeah one uh, coming from a martial arts background of like taekwondo and kendo uh, yeah I just, I just remember going sicko mode on some losers in Wii Sports Boxing, where there was no skill involved. There was no tactics. It's how fast you could go like this with controllers. Yeah. I mean, you, you just could do, work like, on that jab. And uppercuts, yeah, but... just... No, that didn't matter when you're getting decked the j- in the face it... by little Jimmy who's going like, Ah-yah! Yeah, jabs were the best. <laughs> I remember I was, I was at my uncle's. I was, yeah, I was at my uncle's house, and I was doing like, a run for the gauntlet on Wii Sports Boxing. And my uncle came over and he was just like, he was just going faster than me and he kicked my ass. He just got <laughs> handed to you. Like I beat all my cousins. I was beating like level eight or I think it was a thousand computers yeah. in pro mode. I was like kicking their asses. And then my and uncle then came and sh- showed me up. Ever so slightly faster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with that, I feel like it's a perfect time while we're riddled with nostalgia to wrap up this episode of the podcast for this week. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for watching. If you enjoyed, make sure to stick around because we get got a lot more of these. Uh, we have a new episode out every Thursday, if not Friday. So make sure to stick around. Show us some love. We'll obviously show it back because we love you all dearly. Have a wonderful morning, night, anything. We love you. Bye-bye. Peace. See ya.